0: Plan B. Plan B We are back here on the BIA College Football Podcast chit, chit. That's Philly Phil, I'm Hughie Ohio State In a big win against Western Kentucky This past Saturday uh, Phil, I mean, you know not a big surprise, I would say, but I mean, I would say a big surprise based on the way we were playing in the previous two games, but uh, but, how are you feeling, you know, heading into week week four?
1: Listen, as an Ohio State fan, it felt good to watch a game and be able to, in the second half, just relax and just enjoy it. Like, And yes, last week was the first week I enjoyed watching our team, um, and so that was exciting. And then this week, I'm excited. Week four is a big week just as a college football fan with a lot of big matchups. So I'm excited to watch our game this week. Also excited to watch a lot of games around the country this week.
0: Yes. And we will get to that game, that game being uh, the Buckeyes head into South Bend to take on Notre Dame. Um, But first, of course, we're going to look at the week that was with uh, us basically topping the Hilltoppers um, in a big way. (laughs) Only allowing ten points Um, and giving up ten points, we had uh, we had about three turnovers, I believe. No, actually four turnovers. We had two fumbles, two interceptions, one for a pick six, uh, one and one uh, fumble in the end zone. So, you know, what are your just your general takeaways from our win against Western Kentucky?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say. The the defense I think played lo- played well at at all three levels. Um, I think we saw some some better line play, some solid uh, linebacker play, and our DBs played really well as well. So like all of them in different at different parts of the game, all of them sort of took a lead um, and were the cause of some of those turnovers you're talking about. Um, we got turnovers caused by by um, defensive backs coming up. And hitting players at the line of the scrimmage with um, Denzel Burke. We've got uh, also looking at interceptions that are obviously was, uh, or we had an almost interception um, by Josh Proctor that was really caused by pressure in the backfield by J.T. Someone we criticized. Someone actually you criticized. Let me be clear. You criticized him <laughs> last week. So um, just seeing seeing that you know how those how those three levels of our defense complement each other. Um, and seeing that payoff in a strong
0: win was um, exciting to see. and stands out for me watching that game. Yeah, JT, Jack Sawyer, they got a lot of uh, quarterback hurries. Um, I don't believe they recorded any sacks, um, but I will say that I was very pleased at that. The one thing I, I do remember seeing um, here recently uh, as far as uh, just kind of going back and looking at the game, um, some of the highlights. Uh, JT was kind of he wasn't on the line. He was playing a little bit back uh, near where the linebackers were on a play, uh, back in mm-hmm. coverage, and uh, he went up to hit uh, a receiver that caught the ball. And I'm thinking, uh, and the receiver basically went for another like five, six yards. And I'm like, man, as big as that guy is, like I just need him to wrap. Up. And and Mike Hall actually <clears throat> came up and. Uh, basically made the tackle. He had, my call has zero broken tackles um, uh, against uh, WKU. Uh, but one thing I would say, the big takeaway, I think the score is it's not that the score is deceiving, but I texted you during the game and I was like, oh, man, this head coach is de- <laughs> of, for WKU is playing Madden right now because in that first half, they kept on going forward on fourth down. It didn't matter where they were on the field <laughs> and we definitely took advantage of that. I- I will say there was they got a few fourth down conversions, uh, but I love the fact that our defense was able to get some reps on some fir- fourth downs um, because that's definitely going to be something that I believe we're going to need down the road and maybe sooner, you know, coming up here in this Notre Dame game. So, uh, really love to see that, and I am it's it's just making me hopeful that our defense is better than last year. I would say executing at a higher level than last year. So yeah, so offense yeah yeah go, yeah, go ahead.
1: So I was gonna just say in terms of third downs, they were three for sixteen on third down, which is obviously not good for them, <laughs> good for us, and so that's a thing encouraging. Obviously one one um, sign of a strong defense is being able to get off the field. Now they obviously went for it on fourth down six times, you mentioned, so that's not common, uh, and that's more pressure. But I think looking forward, we can say. It's great that our defense was able to stop them, you know, 13 out of 16 times on third down. That's something that should should translate, and I'm looking for that defense to translate and kind of carry over into the next game.
0: Yeah, hopefully, big game Knowles will live up to his name uh, <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, but boom, so. yeah, hopefully,
1: big game Knowles and not big play Knowles. That's that's the goal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> transitioning over to the offense. I mean, 63 points. Devin Brown had a touchdown pass later on in the game to Carnell Tate. Uh, McCord, I mean, one of the best uh, offensive displays this week from even a national scene, but his best offensive game by far as a Buckeye. Um, Any takeaways from the receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks, just the offense in general?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, to me, the play that stands out when I think about the game is really just that Marvin Harrison streak, where he just was like, you know what, I think I'm faster than every single person in this stadium, so I'm just going to run like Forrest Gump. <laughs> just keep running and running and running, and then just looks up at the ball right there. So, um, I mean, a pass like that is obviously not some like amazing touch, skilled pass by Common Cord, but it is kind of what we talked about. And a lot of people were talking about for Ohio state people were high on who people who were high on Ohio state coming into the season, were saying, regardless of the quarterback, they have the weapons that should make any decent quarterback look great. Mm -hmm. I don't know if last, if this past Saturday was more example of that, where we just had our weapons showing what they can do. And it made Cal look great. There weren't like a, I can't name several like amazing throws by Kyle McCord, but that's okay. Um, he did what he had to do, and when you see that kind of play by Marvin Harrison just being faster than everybody else, it um kind of makes you excited to, to think about he can do that every game because he's going to be the fastest player on the field every game, and so as long as Kyle can just hit that guy, uh, throw it within a 10-yard you know yard radius, then that should be a touchdown. So, yeah, great play by McCord, um,
0: and he just kind of did what he was asked to do, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that go route is the number one offensive play that stands out in my mind as well. Uh, The second week in a row where he has had a go route. I mean, I think that they probably game plan that going into the game, like, hey, we're playing Youngstown State, we're playing Western Kentucky, we're running at least, you know, we're running at least one go route to Marvin Harrison to, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking that uh, Heartline... Called that play and just said, I have no idea what the play was going to be called, but he just said, Hey, throw it long to Marvin. He'll be open. Like, that's, I think that's what it was. It really caught me off guard because I don't remember last year there being a lot of go routes for Marvin Harrison. I feel like he had some definitely over the middle, um, some maybe some post routes inside, some post routes to the outside. Um, But I don't remember a whole lot of like just him be burning. you know, defenders. He was able to get open. He does have that skill set, of course. That's something that's going to translate to the NFL. That's why he's going to be a high... Uh, that's why he is a high uh, draft prospect. But the fact that he's added speed and strength on top of that, that's going to be something that I would, am definitely looking forward to seeing, especially in this game coming up. Now, one of the players I do want to um, highlight is Travion Henderson, man. Um, he... <clears throat> was running it between the tackles on some carries. And I think that that was one of the critiques that he was getting was instead of bouncing it to the outside, running it between the tackles. And I got to give it up to our offensive linemen as well, um, being able to <clears throat> run block, and which is something, again, we're going to need as we progress in the season. But Travion had a great game. Um, I was a little bit concerned that as the game waned on that uh, – Dallin Hayden did not get into the game. Uh, So I don't know what the the deal with that is. I mean, there's a lot of running backs in our room. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, carries to go around in a blowout game. I just kind of thought that they would, um, that he was going to get in the game, but I guess not. So I don't know if you had anything on that as far as running Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. I think. He's shown that he's not in the top three rotation. So I, I, I don't feel necessary to worry about what our fourth string running back is doing. Uh, I mean, obviously, last year we thought he was going to be a big part of the offense this season, but I think it's already clear that that's not going to happen unless there's an injury. So um, unfortunately for him, he's in, on the back burner. But for me, he's no longer somebody I'm really thinking about. I did see something online about the speculation that he might be redshirting, um, that he might you know, essentially not be playing on purpose or the coaches might not be playing Mm -hmm, him mm -hmm. because they recognize that he does have a lot of potential for Ohio state and it's better not to waste a year quote unquote of him kind of only getting garbage time as opposed, and, you know, not playing, just go ahead and wait for him to kind of be the star next year, assuming we're going to lose, you know, a few people in front of him and he could then be a primary back. We don't have honestly a like really exciting prospects uh, in terms of our draft classes and running back. So um, that could be the thing, um, but, you know, that's just obviously online speculation. We don't know for sure. We'll, we'll know, I guess, later in the season um, when he has to kind of be able to declare for that red shirt.
0: Yeah. Well, I did not know that, but that's uh, breaking news to me here on the BIA pod. So appreciate that, Phil. <laughs> so as we close the basically door on week three, we're going to head over to week four. Uh, this is a this is something that I'm sure the Buckeyes had circled on their calendar last year. The Buckeyes beat the Fighting Irish uh, with a score of 21 oh. to 10. Obviously, we had uh, our boy QB one CJ Stroud. Uh, it was a highly contested game. I, if you listen to episode uh, one of our uh, uh, of our show you'll hear that we uh, went to that game, (laughs) and we're not going to rehash that, but (laughs) basically it was a highly contested game. It was a matchup where Notre Dame's defense was basically dropping eight or nine players into coverage, and I didn't notice it when I was watching because I was paying more close attention to what CJ was going to do. We didn't run it from what I remember at the near the beginning of the game, as much as maybe we should have. Uh, So, you know, knowing that we're heading into this game, what challenge do you think uh, poses uh, the Buckeyes here in this game against uh, the fighting Irish?
1: Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's going to, I guess the challenge I'm most concerned about uh, is going to be quarterback play. And again, coming off a great, game by mccord um i again i don't think he was asked to do too much uh and i think there's just a taller ask in doing this in a tough road environment being able to when you think about that game last year um you know those drives in this in the third and fourth quarter we needed those you know we we needed to either take time off the clock or try to get a score on the board right and so um that's the kind of thing we haven't seen McCord have to do yet. We haven't seen him have to get this drive, right? He's had to get drives. We can look good. So we can keep his job, but, um, he hasn't, uh, had to score because we needed points right now to stay in a good place in the game. And he hasn't had to do that also in a tough road environment, no disrespect to again, the amazing fans who uh, support (laughs) Indiana football. Um, so that's my concern. Will those will the will the play we saw last week translate to um to an environment and to plays when there's a lot of pressure on you because you actually are concerned about the other team being able to score if they get the ball back. Um the other challenges I think I'm actually very confident in our defense and running games and yeah. stuff like that, but the quarterback play is something that we just don't know. Um, And we'll have to see, and he'll have to see, you know, himself, what he's made of when he's in that environment. That
0: is a good challenge that we'll have. Um, In my mind, I am thinking about two names um, on the Notre Dame offense, Sam Hartman and Audric Estime. I have no idea if I'm saying his first name correctly, but Estime is a beast. He is either leading. It's one or two. He's leading the country in yards after contact or broken tackles. He might be leading the country in both. But estimate is someone who we you cannot uh, arm tackle. Um, you can't just body tackle like it's not body tackle. That's that's not even something that exists. Like in terms of like not wrapping around and just running into the guy at full speed. No, he's gonna he's gonna break that. I want to see the defensive linemen, especially in the interior, which I'm more confident in the interior than our ends right now, but I definitely want to see our ends, uh, Jack Sawyer and JTT. Man, Kenyatta Jackson, he had a a great play also in the game against Western Kentucky. Um, I love to see uh, that guy on the field for this game. Uh, and, And just all of those guys, all of the defensive linemen, all the rushmen, playing a part in stopping that run game um, because their offensive line has been, you know, doing fairly well this year. Uh, Notre Dame's is what I'm speaking to. They Their competition hasn't necessarily been uh, stout yet. I mean, Navy, Central Michigan, um, Tennessee State, uh, HBCU, uh, <laughs> and uh, NC State. NC State is the best yeah, they've had they were the best defensive line they faced. Now, just a a little bit of a note in that game, um, there was a a long weather delay and first play out the gate, estimate runs, uh, I'm gonna say like an eighty yard touchdown in the first play. <laughs> like, bruh. And so I I don't know how that affected NC State's defense. I mean, shouldn't have. They should have. Prepared. They haven't as much time to prepare during that delay as Notre Dame did. But so, I mean, just the fact that um, that defensive line is the best one they've gone against, and they they won by. It was a multiple scorer game, from what I remember, um, that they won by. So I, I'm I'm looking as a chat for a challenge that our run defense will um, definitely be going up against one of the best running backs that they're going to face this season. Mm-hmm well huge i got i got good news and bad news for you all right which all one right. you want first
1: give me the bad news first okay um i was i was looking back at the stats of that game and i was looking at their quarterback play and i was seeing tyler buckner his stats he had 177 yards and then i remembered are you talking about last him year? yeah last year I just yeah Right. Going back to their game from last year, Ohio State 21 10 over Notre Dame. And um, thinking about their quarterback then, who's now who played this past Saturday uh, (laughs) for Alabama and South Florida. And it was maybe the worst quarterbacking I've ever seen. It literally looked like somebody was out there from like a flag football team and they put him in a jersey. He was throwing like straight. (laughs) To the ground. I don't know what he was doing. So the bad news is, hey, we we handled them last year. Their quarterback might be the worst quarterback uh at a at a major program in the country right now. Wow. Uh but but there's good news. All right. So you mentioned uh Estime. Not sure how to pronounce his first name either, but he's he's the op, so we don't care about that. (laughs) Last year he played in this game against Ohio State. He had nine carries for 21 yards. That's 2.3 yards to carry. Um, so obviously he could be better year to year. But you know we did um, we did face him last year. Uh, they had Chris Tyree as well, who had 28 total yards. So um, our our def- our run defense did play well last year against these running backs, and I think we're better this year than we were last year, um, especially. Uh, And on the inside of that D line uh, where we assume that these running backs will be running through. So uh, that's the good news. We faced him and we we were able to stop him last year. Hopefully um, we're able to do the same. But the the bad news is even if they didn't have um, a a good quarterback this year, if they had just an average quarterback. He might be better than Tyler Buckner is because he stunk
0: up the place uh, in South Florida last week. Well, one of the questions that I've asked myself about that game last year compared to this year, if they had Sam Hartman last year, would the result be different? And based on our DB play and the secondary play last year, shout out BIA, uh, as we have the BIA podcast, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like Sam Hartman was uh, obviously one of the top quarterbacks Last year, kind of in the middle of the pack, I'd say. You know, he he did his thing. He put up numbers at Wake Forest. But did he win the big games? And I got to say, no, he didn't. The one game that comes to mind is the Clemson game where uh, DJ Uyunglele outdueled him. And I want to say that game went into overtime. Um, And so it's one of those things where – now, and I will say Clemson's defense was – pretty good last year too. So, I mean, Sam Hartman's going against their defense. He's going up against a pretty good defense. So in the big games, did he win the big game? And I don't, I don't think he did. I don't even remember what bowl they went to last year. Um, did he play? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, but, um, that's, that's been the number one question on my mind this year with this game coming up is, is he going to be a world beater? Is he going to be someone that, uh, is going to make a difference in this game. And I think it, I think that is, it's leaning toward, yeah, he is going to be a difference maker. He's going to definitely be able to make some plays. He's a, he's a, <laughs> it's so crazy to say this now in uh, college football. It seems like he's been in college for the past 10 years. Uh, he's a veteran quarterback in college football. Um, but, uh, Yeah, I think that that's gonna, I think it's leaning toward, yes, he's gonna make some plays. It's just that we have to limit the amount of plays that he does make. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, but I know that you had a question. Um, I don't remember what it was right now (laughs) on my mind, but (laughs) okay,
1: let me, let me just go ahead and go into it then. So, the question, um, another question that we, we saw floating on, um, on the app X uh, this week was uh, around what kind of game we're going to see in this Notre Dame game, matchup um, and which one Ohio state might be suited um, suited for better. So that would be whether or not Ohio state is more likely to win in a shootout um, or more likely to win in a rock fight shootout being high offensive uh, back and forth and a rock fight being really a defensive game, low scoring, um thugging it out. So, Huji, uh, what do you think um, right now is is more likely for for this game and
0: which would be like better for Ohio State? I mean man, wow, well you say better for Ohio State. I mean I think that it's gonna be a rock fight. I think it's gonna be similar to last year um, where it's gonna be a defensive game and we're gonna see whose defense from last year to this year, has improved in terms of being able to stop the opposing offense for each team. I think that Ohio State wants to be in a shootout, though. I mean, I can't name you. I, remember, I did watch the Navy game at the beginning of the year, uh, That the wide receiver that they were raving about. I don't remember his name. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I don't know any other. We took one of their receivers from from the transfer portal this past year and made him a defensive back. So, uh, congratulations um, on that. So I, I just, yeah, that that to me. So I think that it's going to be a defensive game, but Ohio State wants it to be a shootout. <clears throat>
1: um, yeah, I think I know. I don't want it to be a shootout um, because I again I don't like the idea of you know it coming down to quarterback play. I don't like it coming down to which quarterback has the ball last. You know, to drive their have to drive. ADRs down the field. I just don't want, I don't want McCord in that position. Okay. I rather our defense. right now, I trust our defense more to say this game comes down to getting another stop as opposed to getting another score. Um, so I'm rooting for a, a rock fight. Um, not as fun to watch, but I just don't like the idea of putting it all on McCord and saying, you got to go out there and get us, you know, three touchdowns in this second half, uh, in order to win the game not, not feeling confident yet about that. I will say for Ryan day, you know, the criticism around him kind of being tight uh, in, in big games um, in the past. Um, I think that he maybe even more so than our team is somebody who kind of plays through the competition. And so I think um, you'll see if, and to the point around like whether or not Sam Hartman would have won that game. I think if, if Notre Dame was a more explosive offensive team, you would see, Uh, Ohio State playing differently on offense as well I think the same thing will happen in this game I think um, you know Ryan Day will be prepared with game plans for whether or not it's high scoring or low scoring and I think if you see Notre Dame putting up points you'll see a different game plan different plays called for McCord Um, but I I think he would probably prefer as we've seen in those first two games to not put McCord in situations that he's not 100% confident in him yet and so I think he would prefer to be able to kind of ease him in and not have to have him coming out swinging well,
0: having said all of those things, now it's time for that score prediction. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and and tip my cap to you. What, what, what uh, score prediction do you have here for uh, okay. our week four game?
1: I thought you were saying you were going to go ahead and <laughs> give your prediction. Um, <clears throat> that's fair, though. Okay, so I am going to go with, Ohio State 31, and the Notre Dame Fighting
0: Irish 24. Ooh. That's a close of game. <laughs> we are three-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites. I mean, last I checked yesterday, um, spread mm-hmm. is at three, three-and-a-half. Um, my prediction, Ohio State 38, Notre Dame 21. I mm. yeah, I want this to be a statement. We need to start. I'm happy to, to see where we are in the rankings. I'm happy to see that we're not high on the hog, but I do believe we're coming off a big confidence building game like from Western Kentucky going into Week Four, and so I expect them to uh, the defense to stand up and show that they're one of the best defenses. I hope that they don't even that Notre Dame doesn't even score 21 points. But uh, we will see. It's going to be – they have a tough offense to, to defend. So, yeah. So, uh, we're going to take a break very quickly. And then when we come back, we're going to give you our surprises from week three uh, from this past week Nash, from the national scene. Uh, that is coming up next. We are back here on the BIA podcast. We're going to take a look at some of the surprises that we saw, we heard uh, from week three. Uh, I can go first on this. I was, uh, as you can see, I'm in a different location uh, from the backdrop that I normally have. I'm uh, on the road here down in Texas. I happened to be in Houston. Went to a sports bar to watch the game, my wife and I. Went to a sports bar to watch the game, and uh, you know it was a it was during the uh, our the window of our game, so the midday. <clears throat> Looking around at the scores, I noticed the, uh, <laughs> I noticed that it was uh, uh, a really surprising score: Alabama against uh, University of South Florida. Now, I noticed that there was like a two camera thing going on. They literally were only using two cameras at one point after there was a lightning delay because i guess the for uh safety uh cameraman safety camera person safety and uh i got to say i sh- it shouldn't be shocking that they only won i uh, was the score 17 to 3 or was it 7 yeah they
1: scored that they scored that last touchdown the very end but yeah it was 17 to 3
0: and for the longest time it was 10 to 3 correct yeah i got to say man i mean i know that tyler buckner isn't um is is just a guy at quarterback, uh, depending on who you have as, as weapons, man. I know that those wide receivers are pissed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was the most surprising thing was seeing Alabama come off a loss against Texas, and basically it seemed like they were nearly going to lay an egg. It's just like in one of those things where if you're somebody rooting against Alabama and the, <laughs> the dynasty that is or that was <laughs> – you are like, oh, if you US, if USF can just get a pick six, if they can just get a scooping score. If they can get something like to make this into a game, and that's what it seemed like the whole time that I'm watching this thing. You know, um, so that was the biggest surprise to me. in uh, week three was Alabama's performance, not the quarterbacks. I'm not surprised that they did that. They had a bad quarterback play. This performance all around for the team from the team.
1: Um, well, yeah, we don't, we don't share our, our answers prior to recording and I'm salty that he went first. He's been trying to make me go first on every single thing else, but this <laughs> segment, he wanted to go first. No one. I want to talk about Bama, uh, because them boys quit, uh, in that game, they were not there to play. And that was definitely a surprise for a Nick Saban team. Um, but I will go into the vault and find another, um, another surprising thing. I guess I'll have to, to go with um, the other, you know, "quote unquote" juggernaut in the SEC, and that's Georgia. Uh, I did bet money on on South Carolina uh, covering the spread, but I didn't expect them to be up at the half um, at at Georgia. So, um, you know, I am less concerned about Georgia moving forward because it didn't seem the same way as like them quitting or not really being motivated to be out there look more like kind of sleepwalking through a team you believe you're supposed to win against um which is i think is more is different than what you saw at south florida where i think you saw people just not caring as much not being invested um and so there's still a surprise though to see georgia losing at half um again we mentioned last week sort of wanting to see georgia tested this season it certainly looks like a team that didn't have some of the glaring weaknesses like South Carolina does with their offensive line could have maybe made that game interesting all the way into, you know, to the end. Um, Whereas South Carolina was not able to kind of be able to put drives together at the end of that game. But yeah, I would say just the overall surprise would be teams around the country um, who we thought were sort of untouchable, at least in week three, playing against lesser opponents, that would include Florida State as well, really being tested um and some of them looking like they might lose those games but you know kind of winning in the end based purely off of talent um but not putting up performances that they, that they could win against a team that had you know more of a pulse hot take uh-oh I know this wasn't planned uh <laughs> or
0: George- sanctioned I do not co-sign whatever you're about to say okay well <clears throat> George is not looking like the number one team in the country mm. i mean they're i mean they're they're not um i was literally thinking like man who who ha, who has been looking like the number one if you're just going off the eye test if you're just going off of the eye test don't say it oh i'm not saying them. okay yeah no i'm not saying yeah, we we didn't even gotta say not, who it is
1: okay make it sure no all right all right we good we good
0: um USC is looking like the number one team in the country right now. Um, I know that they haven't played a South Carolina. You know, they've played Stanford and some other, you know, smaller teams. Uh, USC has an argument as far as the eye test is concerned. Now, as far as that team up north, as far as the number two team in the country, I should have put quotes around that. Um, Last year, They were blowing out these guys. They were blowing out their easy cupcake schedule. Mm-hmm. This year they're not doing that. And I remember they did the JJ. They did uh, Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy, and then I think they like split some reps in the third game. I don't know what's what's going on, but uh, they they I saw uh, Mr. O, I think it was Mr. Ohio on Twitter say uh, they look human. It was during the game. It was the night game they had. Great light display. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, they're they're not they're not looking, yeah. J, especially JJ throwing downfield. JJ bro. threw
1: multiple interceptions against Bowling Green, Bowling Green, y'all. So yeah, they don't they look more than human. They look like they look pretty mid. But again, it is there is the uh, the tendency for teams to play down to not be motivated, or maybe they're just missing missing Harberger, free coach. <laughs> You know, maybe just the emotional, the emotional toll of not having their leader with them is, you know, we can't, we can't over, we can't overestimate that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so here's JJ was in the Heisman conversation going into that week. Interesting, right? Coming out of the week. Don't see him around. They play Rutgers this week. Rutgers has been looking kind of good, right? I mean, I'm not saying that. I am not saying it's as we as, as we transition here into pick six for our best bets of the week. It's gonna be a, That's gonna be a game that I keep my eye on. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. I'm just saying that it's gonna be interesting to see what happens up in our no, stand on it. Stand on it, brother. No. You get
1: to pick first in the in the pick six. Uh as a reminder, we get to draft our best bets and okay. so only one of us can can choose it and so we take turns kind of snake snake drafting our our bets in th- three categories a, a lock meaning a team is going to win and cover uh, a toss-up meaning we're choosing um, a team to win but in a game that had a you know three point three point um spread or, or less and then an upset where we pick a team to win as the underdog in a game that has at least a seven point uh or more spread and Hughie is up first, and yeah, sounds like sounds like he's ready for his upset, y'all. So let's uh,
0: kick it off, Hughie. let he kind of he's taking away my shine right now because I just want to say I just want to say I've gotten two upsets these past two weeks. I'm not saying that to gloat. I'm not saying that to floss. Here, listen to me. Listen to me clearly. Come and join me on this train, Phil, because there's upsets to be had in the SEC. Okay. My upset. Give me, man. It's like a literally like I could literally pick one of these two. But I'm, man,
1: pick one of them. Pick the one I'm not gonna <laughs> pick. Like, I got one too. Just pick the one I'm not gonna pick. I don't know who you
0: who you're gonna pick. Give me Ole Miss over Bama. <clears throat> um,
1: more on that game coming up. Um, but yeah. Uh, I hear you. you. Uh, Nice upset pick. I mean, I would like to see it. Um, I just mentioned that I thought that team looked like they they quit in that game. So, makes sense. For me, I'm going to go in the uh, SEC as well for my upset. But I am going to choose a team from Alabama to win. Give me Auburn over Texas A&M. You know, recruiting champs, but... Can't do it on the field, and AM. I think Auburn uh should win that game. They're a seven and a half point underdog right now. And they've been playing well. Uh, this is gonna be like kind of their first test. Um, but I, I like them at least. I feel like those teams are if nothing else, even in my mind. Uh and so even teams, I love to pick, you know, one of those to make the upset.
0: Good pick. I was actually looking at that game. <clears throat> that was gonna be my first choice. I chose my backup. <laughs> Because of quarterback play at Bama. Um <clears throat> but it sounds like you got something up your sleeve on that one. So I got something in, in, up sleeve. In case you're I don't know if you're doing this or not, you filling in the sheet. Just wanna make sure uh, yeah. you do me a favor on that. Thank you. I was gonna say we probably should do like, you know, if you lose, you gotta fill in the sheet, but um <clears throat> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> um, week Anyway,
1: so uh, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with my toss up next. Now we don't have uh, a lot of rules in this game. This has kind of been an unofficial rule, uh, and that has been to stay away from the Buckeyes. <clears throat> Can't do it this week. I'm feeling too good. Give me the toss up. Give me Ohio State right now as a three-point favorite uh, on Yahoo Sportsbook as of this time of recording. Give me Ohio State getting the win in South Bend. <laughs> Let's go. I have confidence in my team, so I, so I picked Ohio State. I don't know who Justin's picking, but as a fan, I have to pick you know my team. <clears throat> who you got, Gigi? Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Um, obviously can't go against that. Um So I'm going to head out to the Pac 12. And this is going to be a really good game, I believe. Oregon State and Washington State. Oregon State is favored by minus 3. But I think that Washington State is a gritty This is a gritty game, man. Both these teams are some are just some some gritty teams. I'm taking Washington State to beat Oregon State. So okay, yeah, the uh,
1: two teams yeah. that, that no one wants in their co- conference, but are playing really well this year. <laughs> that's not shade. That's, that's not a shade. It's man. Nobody, nobody wants them. This is the uh, nobody wants me bowl. Um, but it should be good. Cause these teams are both playing well. It's unfortunate that nobody wants them because they're having some of their best seasons they've had in a while.
0: And this is a shout out to Crimson Red, the flag that flies um, basically Mm -hmm. at all of the game day, college game day um, appearances, which they will be in South Bend this week. So uh, if you're going to be watching college game day, look for Crimson Red. And I hope that's what they call the flag. I I wonder if it's like old Crimson Red or whatever. I don't know. But (laughs) shout out to them. So, lock as our last pick, I'm leading off uh, for our lock, And <clears throat> I am going to go with a team that I should have went with last week. Um, and I am making sure I look it. I'm going to just say who – yeah, here we go. So, um, Maryland is facing Michigan State. Michigan State got waxed against Washington. Um Give me Marilyn. Give me uh, Baby Tua, <laughs> aka Talia. Um, <clears throat> seven, and I, I've got it at minus seven and a half. Do you see that? Uh, yeah, minus seven and a half. We can check it later. Oh yeah, I believe you on that. It sounds good. I like
1: the hook on there.
0: Actually, no, I think it's uh, minus um, uh, three and a half. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. seven, it's seven and a half. Seven and a half, seven and a half.
1: Um, Okay, so uh, for me, as I alluded to earlier, um, despite my my commentary earlier about uh, Bama, I'm taking them as my lock minus seven against Ole Miss. Now, here's the thing. Ole Miss is sus. I watched them play that Tulane game because I had money on on Tulane and they didn't look that good. Tulane was in there battling with their backup quarterback. Had a chance with minutes left in the fourth quarter to tie that game, and then you know they had some questionable things happen. Then they had a uh, turnover for a touchdown, so Ole Miss has not looked that good. Bama looked (laughs) terrible last week, but uh, I've heard reports. My sources tell me they had a players only meeting, um, on on Sunday. They are going back to Milro, they announced that already that Milro is going to be a starter. I think he'll be motivated to kind of say, Y'all were tripping. For putting taking me out and putting these boys in. Um and um we see the de- defense still showed up. The defense still was playing hard in that game, holding South Florida to three, even though South Florida's quarterback could not throw as well. So uh either way, I'd like Bama to cover a seven point spread in a comeback game. Nickel have them boys fired up, um, playing for their jobs. Um, and I think Milro will be sort of vindicate. I think he already was vindicated by the play last week of those quarterbacks, and I think he'll be excited to get back in there
0: and show everybody why he deserves to be the starter. Okay. okay. Well, your sources tell you they had a players-only meeting. My sources tell me that their offensive coordinator is still Tommy Reese. So we go. <laughs> we uh, go see. We go see. So uh, <clears throat> as we look at ahead at weeks week four for pick six. Um my lock, Maryland minus minus seven and a half as they head up to uh Michigan State. My toss up Washington State over Oregon State and my upset where it seems like Phil and I are uh gonna fight on this. Someone's person's gonna have a point swing here. Uh old miss over Bama. Yeah, give me as my lock Bama minus
1: seven uh, against Ole Miss. My toss up as the one true fan here. I'm choosing Ohio State over (laughs) Notre Dame, and then (laughs) my upset. I've got Auburn uh, winning against Texas A and M. The way our points work, where a lock is uh, negative uh, one if you miss it, and an upset is uh, plus two if you get it. This definitely is a huge point swing. For the two of us, depending on who wins that game, uh, could be a yeah three-point swing. So uh, we'll definitely both be locked in watching that one down in the SEC.
0: Yes, sir. So Plan B. that is our episode um, here on the BIA podcast. Uh, we are all, as Buckeye fans, looking forward to this game against Notre Dame. Um, follow us on social media, um, on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, leave leave a review, leave a, a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. Well, we are, actually, we're only on two uh, <laughs> two platforms, Spotify or Apple. So, but anyway, leave a review uh, on those two platforms for us. Thank you, thank you very, very, thank you very much. Thank you, Kathy. All right, that's our show. Phil, O.H. IO.